This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the show, everyone, this week. Uh, Alexia is here with Midnight, the happiest kitty who wants to kill you. Let me hold her so everyone can hear hear the growls. <laughs> Anything you want to say, at midnight? Now you're quiet. Ow! It's very scratchy too. All right. Well, soda of the week this week, folks. <laughs> soda of the week this week. Haritos pineapple. Oh dear heavens! Oh dear heavens! <laughs> she really wants. Do that DraftKings thing. She wants to do DraftKings. It's true. <laughs> oh dear heavens! <laughs> she got away. <sighs> oh my goodness! That cat. The murderous one. All right, let's get this going. Haritos pineapple soda this week. Did I? This is, of course, it's the one soda that's an actual cap, not a twist. Oh my! Whoa, it's like, oh, it's like, it's like, uh. All right, pineapple soda. The child has never had pineapple soda before, so we're gonna see how this goes. I also don't like pineapple. There we go. So we'll see this going. Give this a try. It smells like that pineapple candy. It does. Ooh, that is a strong, uh, strong flavor. What do you think, kid? It's fine. Yes, I know, Midnight. You want out. It's fine. Is that your, is that your reasoned uh, viewpoint of it? I mean, I guess it's there. I guess it's there. <laughs> oh, geez, kid. So, um... What are you doing? Why are you just staring at the camera? Oh my goodness, you're a ridiculous child. All right. I am super normal. Ah! I don't even know what's happening anymore. All right. Me is happening. Me is happening. Uh, I think she's getting all. I'm, I'm making sure the show's shared to everybody who watches it live here, and I, she's seeing a delayed version of it. And I think it's just throwing everything off so that's just what we're doing here today no 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 this is just me uh, child anyway <laughs> get to our hockey trivia of the week as we go on from here all right if the puck stops halfway on the goal line and halfway across the goal line is it a goal? Yes. No. The puck must be completely across the goal line to count as a goal. If any part of the puck is on the line, it is not a goal. 17. If a player directs the puck into the net with a stick held above the crossbar, does the goal count? What's the crossbar? In the top part of the net. The crossbar. Yes? No, a puck redirected with a stick above the crossbar would not count as a goal and should 
Should the puck go into the net? That is called a high stick. That makes no sense. That makes perfect sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. These questions are now about teams. Now we'll see what happens. If two original six teams meet in the Stanley Cup Finals, which team is guaranteed to be one of the two? She's not sure, kids. All right. If two original six teams meet in in the finals, the Chicago Blackhawks will be one of the teams as they are the only original six team in the West. What? I'm confused. Give me that. What? Wait, wait. Question 18. (laughs) Get. get, What? what? Nothing about Chicago Blackhawks. They're one of the two. They're one of the six There's original no, six teams. There's original teams. Yeah, we're all learning here, folks. <laughs> the original six teams were the first teams before they started expansion. They are the Montreal Canadiens, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, the New York Rangers, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Chicago Blackhawks. As she makes her nee nee face. All right, take a cat. Get out. Come on, cat. All right, folks. All right. Oh, boy. Well, folks, if you're like me, you've been watching a lot of sports, watching a lot of hockey, trying to get a sense where everything's at, and maybe you think to yourself, you know, maybe I can take advantage of some of this chaos. And there's a way to do that. I play in the daily fantasy games at DraftKings. Uh, you never really know who's going to have a big night, who's not. So you got a good chance any given night you're out there. Um, so what you do, you go on, you make your lineup, pick the game you're playing. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. Uh, they've paid out over $7 billion to all users here. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New Year's will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So we had a had a little day away uh, yesterday. Uh, just kind of got out of the house. Got to a kind of a nice little place in the woods. Had a, had a pool that was indoors and, and kind of got to enjoy that, which was really nice. And uh, I watched the Blackhawks-Blue Jackets game, and that... Uh, that was infuriating. It was a, it was a it was a rough game to watch. Um, I think the numbers actually tell the story really well of what happened in this one, because when you look at the advanced numbers, like the expected goals for in the first period, the Blue Jackets were down around twenty five percent. Second period, thirty five percent. Third period, sixty percent of the expected goals for. Um, and then even in the overtime, and I got to refresh this because it doesn't do it as five on five, obviously, but on five on five in overtime, or in full strength in overtime, 84% of the overtime. So it's something where the first two periods, the Blackhawks were a better team. In that third, the Blue Jackets were a better team. And after the game, and maybe it was today during the press availability, Tortorella said something like, I told him just to go out there and play and, you know, I'll worry about it and stuff. And I mean, it's a nice thing for him to say, but the way this season's been going, where if you're a young, talented player, if you make a mistake, all right, well, now you're on the fourth line. Now you're benched. 
like something that got looked over with the Patrick Line benching. So Patrick Line was benched that one game, and we come to find out later it was because he he said something to a coach that was considered not not uh, not professional or not not uh, uh, respectable that sort of thing. In that same game, Dean Kukin pretty much got benched the rest of the game. And maybe it's just that maybe maybe he smarted off to a to a coach too, and we just never heard of it. But I mean, that's the thing. I I think I think Torts is in this place where he wants his players to play loose, but he's not letting them. And and that's the feeling I get watching games. I mean, if he's saying we're playing too tight out there, it reminds me of the old line from Remember the Titans: "Attitude reflects leadership." Uh I, I think Torts is really tight with what's going on, and I think it's creating issues. I think we're right now. It, I think we're at a place where, for so long, the team had to play a perfect game defensively to have a chance to win. That that if the if somebody doesn't seem to play on the the better end of defense, maybe that's when he's pulling them. And the thing that's crazy about all of it is, uh, I mean the the team that we we sent down Andrew Peak today, the Blue Jackets did, and it just doesn't make sense um, based on what how the Blue Jackets have been playing. Um, Andrew Peak's been a good, solid player for them. He's been a good defender on a team that struggled this year with with creating chances and doing different things, he's been good. And for him to be the player that sent down does just doesn't make sense. Um, let me, let me get up my numbers here on this. Cause I think, cause it's with players that, cause towards he, we've, we've come to become aware that towards is not a fan of, uh, like he kind of, he understands, I think some of the more fancy stats and people give him credit for, he talks about chances a lot. And so, I mean, giving him that benefit of the doubt, when we look at players who have played 50 minutes with this team, percentage of scoring chances that happen when they're on the ice, um, See, here's the thing that doesn't make any sense. Like right now, Liam Foody and Emil Bemstrom aren't, aren't haven't been playing. Emil Bemstrom in the five games he played, when he was on the ice, fifty eight percent of the scoring chances happened. He, the, the Blue Jackets had fifty eight percent of the scoring chances. Liam Foody, fifty three point two one. Now this is five on five. Eric Robinson, fifty one point three three. After that, we go below fifty percent. So, I mean, to, to put it in perspective here, Andrew Peake goes down. And, and this is the thing that's, you know, Andrew Peake goes down. And it looks like maybe, what, we're getting Scott Harrington, who's got on scoring chances for when he's on the ice, 30% of them are for the Blue Jackets. I don't understand the logic of what's happening half the time. And and I, I really, it really feels to me like for Tort, so much of this is roll the dice, Send guys out there, see what happens. Let's just let's just see what happens. 
it's tough. It's tough to watch this team. It's tough to be right now. It's tough to be into these games because uh, it's just this isn't what what I, I you know I, I mean it's it's not been a great season so far. And I say that. And here's the thing: looking at it by points percentage, the Blue Jackets are sixth right now. And the thing that's really bad, so I've been talking recently about how the Ides of March are what we need to be looking towards as far as that'll tell us something. One of the teams we needed to catch, Chicago, they're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. We're 4-4-2. Four, four we're just shredding water at 500. They're gaining points. Um, since we've talked before, I mean, we're down to, I mean, we're still at that sixth spot, but we've got 5.525 of our points percentage. Chicago's up to a 600. And we've got to catch Chicago. We've got to catch Dallas if the Blue Jackets want a shot at making the playoffs. And I just don't know if that. I don't. I don't. I mean, if if this team doesn't make the playoffs this year, that's not going to be a shock. And I saw people today. I saw one person online. They're given the 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 idea that you know this is a weird year. She's not going to fire the coach just for that. And you know, with money being what it is, and the teams aren't bringing in money like they should, you're not going to fire a coach and have to pay him to not coach and all that kind of stuff. I think it's been made clear that the Blue Jackets, they're not the team that's going to go out and just spend money left and right willy-nilly. They're not going to fire a coach just to do it. It's not going to be a thing they're going to do. Um, But what I will say is they are a team that the financial resources are there for them. And, And what, here's the thing. John Torello's contract is over at the end of this season. If Yarmo Kekalainen thinks that he has lost the room, I think the right move to try and salvage this season is to fire Torts, let one of the assistants, Shaw or, or whatnot, take over for the rest of the season, see if things pick up. I don't think it's going to be one of those things that they're going to, now that the Montreal Canadiens have fired Claude Julian, I don't think you're going to see the Blue Jackets fire torts and then go and get like Claude Julian. I think the Blue Jackets are probably going to be the team that's going to do a search once we get into the, the off season. Um, I, I mean, you heard me speculate about it on the last show that I think if they do fire torts, they'll go to a European coach, which I think the European season is going to wrap up much earlier than the NHL season this year because of, you know, European league started playing earlier. Uh, the NHL had this big delay before they started because of COVID. No, I don't think we're going to bring in somebody from a European, you know, club mid-season or anything. But that's my guess. And, and I saw them talking about the Claude Julian firing on the NHL Network earlier, and they they tied in this interesting soundbite from uh, Shea Weber from the Canadians, where he talked about how um, there was just this. Uh, atmosphere around the team um, when guys weren't uh, when also you know when guys weren't playing well when guys were uh, when guys weren't or guy like he said on the bench guys weren't doing well and on the bench you know there was kind of this tightness and it wasn't a great atmosphere at this point you kind of wonder how much that's happening with the blue jackets um Got a question here from the Twitters of does this shortened offseason hurt a coaching search? I don't think so. I, I think I 
my guess is Yarmo probably already knows about four people he'd want to talk to right off. I, I don't think it's going to be this wide ranging thing. Um, Yarmo Kekalainen knows a lot of guys, and I think it's going to be a weird out of left field hire that a lot of people won't see coming if he does it. Uh, that that's just where I think the team is. Um, but going back to the Claude Julian thing, you know, he talked. Uh, Shea Weber was talking about the situation and saying, "Hey, I think you know." Or it was, and he, this was before Julian was fired. It seemed like he was just saying it in general, and that kind of feels like what's going on with the Blue Jackets guys. If you make a mistake, I mean, if he, it, as much as Torts is talking about guys playing tight, I mean, that's essentially Torts saying that's the situation going on in Columbus. These guys just aren't feeling comfortable with what's going on. And and there's something that we need to be clear on. The team that John Tortorella is coaching now is not the same team he was brought in to coach originally. It's not the same mindset of players. The amount of turnover of players is huge from then to now. So it would not shock me that you have players in there who have seen this team go from being not good to being great or to being, you know, a perennial playoff team anyway. And so they believe in torts, even if things don't seem to be going right now, they keep kind of buying in. And then you've got a lot of newer players who are on this team. And they're just, it's just not clicking the same way. There's just some disconnect there. And, and I'm, I'm, I'll say that I'll be the first to say this. If this is John Tortorella's last season, I will not look on his running Columbus as a failure that it is not that at all. John Tortorella has had the best run of any coach in the Columbus Blue Jackets history. I mean, straight playoff years. He was the coach we needed when we got him. I was not sure if I was fully on board when they hired him. It's been a great run for him in Columbus. Um, this uh, this comment coming in from the Twitters here, sign line A long-term and move on from torts. Yes, 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 yes. I'm. That's really my feeling here. After last night's game, line A has two beautiful goals and then has that assist to Bjorkstrand that tied the game. Line A, and, and I said this on, I think I said it on Twitter this morning. I said, yeah, the, the positive right now for Blue Jackets fans is let's get Line A on eight years at eight, nine, ten. I'd pay $11 million. I don't care. Uh, I saw somebody comment along the line saying something like, yeah, but he's not a McDavid or he's not a, uh, Matthews and he's not going to do all this stuff. You know what? It's not like if we give that 11, it's not like we can sit there and say, you know what? We're going to not pay Patrick line. A uh, we're going to move on from him. Cause when, when the next Matthews comes along, when the next uh, McDavid comes along, we want to make sure we get that player. That's so out of control of the team. You have no way of knowing if you're going to get that player. That's why. Again, the reports where the blue jackets were offering Artemi Panera, something like 12 or $13 million a year. When you have a chance to get a player that is truly special, you just sign him. You just do it. And Patrick Laine, does he have the best? Uh, I mean, we talk about Corsi a lot on this show. Does he have the best Corsi? No. Does he have the best expected goals for? No. You know what he does have? He has a shot that sometimes multiple times in a game, he will score goals and you will just not know what to do. It will be stunning to you. We have not had a player like that. I mean, literally, last night, he did the two shots from the dot where he scored goals, and in my head, I thought, my goodness, the Blue Jackets have the closest thing in the NHL we've seen to Alex Ovechkin that isn't Alex Ovechkin. 
And that's the thing. That was the big that's the big complaint about Ovechkin for years, that he's not a great defensive player. When you score that many goals, which is what you need to win, if you have a player that can consistently outperform things like his expected goals for metric, because when he shoots, he's got that magic touch. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, it's, you know, he's magical and it could go away. Shooting is kind of like goaltending in the NHL. I'm not saying there isn't a science to it. I'm not saying that there's not skill to it, It's but it's like goaltending and that it's harder to understand than things like possession metrics and shooting from proper, you know, the proper areas. I, I think Line is one of those guys where he either intuitively or through some level of coaching or training over his lifetime has learned how to shoot the puck in a way that is just spectacular. Or it might just be natural God-given talent. I don't know, but it's incredible. So I, that's, I am all aboard. We need to sign Patrick Laine long-term. This is the kind of player you can build a franchise around. I don't know why the Jets didn't do that. I know the Jets. Here's the thing. You know what? I'm going to save this. We're going to do our words from our friends of the Hockey Podcast Network, and then I'm going to go on a little rant uh, about where I think the Jets went wrong on something, and we'll be right back. It's going to be really interesting. Like, I like Pinto, and I, I remember everyone, like... And this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing. We need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like, he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick, and now he's making $9.5 million. Pajot, drafted, I think, in the fifth round and making $5 million. Hoffman... Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin. But now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, another Twitter comment here. I see that shot live when talking about Patrick Lyon. Hey, I'm there with you. I can't wait to see him live. Uh, I know they just did the pre-sale stuff. I didn't go in to get tickets. Uh, I've said before on the show. And again, everybody's got to make their decisions on how they're handling things. Until I get my vaccine, I'm not going to that stuff just because those are the decisions I've made on how I'm handling things. Uh, I believe my wife has a great way of explaining where she's like, I have so much like capacity for how many things I can care and worry about. And I've found that like going to a hockey game is something where I can fit that in and be like, yeah, I can not go to a game for the time being while we're trying to fix all this. And then next year and part of it too, for me, and here's the thing, if they, if they're able to open up and have everybody in there, cause we get enough people vaccinated before the end of this season, that would be amazing and wonderful. 
being in a half full arena and having to wear a mask and not being able to just do all the things. Yeah, I, I'm just going to wait till I can do it the way I want to do it. Anyway, getting into it, uh, I just said it before I was going to go where I think the Jets made a mistake. And honestly, it, it's a good... <sighs> It's a good cautionary tale for the Blue Jackets. So you look at the Jets. And the Jets are a team that in a lot of ways are kind of like the Blue Jackets. And that they, for a long time they've been, although they didn't really haven't made the playoffs as much in recent years, they've been, eh, they've been pretty good. They're fine. They're they're tough. And they have a good solid core of, all, of, of forward depth. Their defense has just been destroyed in the last few years because of different reasons. Strong goaltending. But they are a team that over the years, they just held firm. Oh, we've got a good first line. We've got a good second line. we got a good third line. And when they finally got that kind of potentially transcendent talent in Patrick Line, oh, you know, we're just going to do this. And oh, he's going to play second and third line. And, you know, second line him and. We'll use him on the power play. And, you know, he's just not in our team concept. And and I've heard things like, you know, for the, the for the Jets, they have a bunch of guys who are in that five, six, seven million dollar a year range, and they kind of wanted to keep everybody there. And you know, the big guy now is Kyle Connor, who's a great player. I'm not I'm not here to disparage a Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor's really good. But again, Kyle Connor is not that. I don't think he's in that same way that kind of same type of player that Patrick Line can be. Um where he just tears it up when he gets that when 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 where there's the times where he will just heave that player you need all of a sudden. Again, last night for Columbus was a perfect example of where Patrick Line is what we needed and where I think we've gone past our time on John Tortorella because with Patrick Line I mean, it was we're down, and oh my goodness, this guy can score crazy goals out of nowhere. And with John Tortorella, it's okay. John Tortorella gives your team a certain identity, identity of toughness and strong defense. And here's the thing: when we go this long, and that identity of toughness and strong defense and forechecking isn't there, why do you have a John Tortorella? Don't you want a coach that can add to you offensively, who or, or who's whatever they're doing defensively is actually going to be with the team? And I know. People are going to say things about it's a short season. What are we doing here? I mean, we're also just hitting into the fact that guys, that John Torrell is one of the longer tenured coaches in the NHL. There's a reason NHL coaches don't hang around forever. I just, there's, there's reasons for what's, what's going on there. Um, that's my kind of my general take on it at this point. Sign Patrick Lane long term. If we need to move on from John Tortorella, I want that to happen for I would hope sooner than later. So, uh, other interesting things going on in the NHL this week. Um, you know, the big one that I kind of got to feel like I got to talk about is the Artemi Panarin situation, which is just nuts. For those of you who are not aware, what's happened? One of his former coaches, uh, from the KHL alleges that after a game at a, uh, I want to say it was a club in Latvia that Panarin, when he was eight, 19, I think 
Uh, essentially, the way the story is told is he just beat an 18-year-old woman, just beat her up. Now, important things to point out at this point. At this point, um, the original story mentioned how police were involved. The police from the area say there was never something that they were investigated there. The KHL, the league, they state, to our knowledge, you know, nobody ever told us this would happen. If there was no stories of it. Uh, other players from that team are saying that it never happened, that sort of thing. So why does the story come out? And, and here's the other thing, because I know uh, there's been the big, I mean, obviously through Me Too and everything else, there's this big thing about believe women, which is something I, I definitely like to do because, you know, people don't lie about this stuff normally here. There's no woman making the allegations. There's no woman saying, or Timmy Panarin beat me. There is a coach saying that he said he saw the, a coach saying, oh, yeah, this thing happened. But there's no woman saying this happened. And there's nobody else saying anything like it happened. And it theoretically would have been a very public thing. Somebody would have seen or said something, I would assume, especially now that the story's coming out. So the question becomes, why even talk about, you know, what happened? What happened here? Well, I think it's pretty safe to say that it's Russia and this is politics. Artemi Panarin. Okay, let me a little backup story. There is a, a gentleman who uh, essentially most world governments agreed Russia, uh, you know, Putin and Russia tried to poison him. Um, he was, uh, you know, he was in the hospital for it, and then he went back to Russia, and he was arrested, and he's been put in jail on what pretty much amounts to trumped up uh, political charges. And Artemi Panarin is one of the few Russian athletes who has said anything in support of this man, Nalvani. And if you haven't noticed in the past, Putin loves to parade Russian athletes around. Um, he loves the strong man image. He loves the idea of, oh, look at these powerful men who think I'm the powerful man, and powerful men are good. And... Um, uh, there was a controversy over Alexander Ovechkin doing something that some type of a po- Twitter post or Instagram that talked about Putin team and all this stuff, just kind of voicing his support for him. But here's the reality. Whenever I've talked about those things in the past, I give those ba- athletes the benefit of the doubt saying, hey, you're from Russia. You've probably got family in Russia. My guess is you'd like to go back to your home. And Putin is a powerful and dangerous man who doesn't care about doing the right thing, if it means he has power, he'll hurt people. And so it's strange for Pat, for Artemi Panarin to voice his, his that he doesn't like Putin or to voice support for one of his opponents even. He didn't even technically say, didn't, he didn't even technically say, oh no, I don't like Putin. He said, oh, this guy who's an opponent of Putin, he's being treated unfairly. And Panarin decides to take a leave of absence and nobody's saying what's going on. Just a crazy event. Crazy. I, I mean, my my views can be summed up in this. One, is it possible what they're accusing Panarin of is true? Sure, I don't know the man. I mean, other than that, I like him as a hockey player, and I've not heard anybody say anything bad about him. I would assume he didn't, but it's possible, and that people have sat on this and not said anything. Two, the story's completely fabricated, and it's being done for political reasons. Honestly, my strongest held conviction right now is that it's being done for political reasons, regardless of how true or not it is, um, and that this is a story that was sat on. So that's my viewpoint on that particular situation here. Um, 
we're coming up on the Ides of March. Um, we've got a couple of weeks. March starts uh, Monday. And at this point, the Ides of March are a big deal for this show. Because I've been saying that's when I feel like we will have it kind of just set in. Yeah, the Blue Jackets are going to be competitive or they're not. And this week, before we talk again, there are going to be three games. There's going to be Chicago and then two at Nashville. And here's the thing. If they go 3-0 and in those games, they might be right where they need to be. They may be you know, starting to head back where they need to be. And then after that, they have one game in Nashville, one game against Detroit, two against Dallas. Then there's two against Florida, and then the two against Dallas. So that's Sunday note, March 14th show. That's going to be a big show for us because that's going to be the show where it's, you know, we know if this is a team that we think can do something or not, or at least even make that playoff run. Um, I know a lot of people are trying to equate this season to other seasons and be like, oh, this is the equivalent of American Thanksgiving, or this is not. I'm not as concerned about that because even after that, what have we got? We've got, after we get to the Ides of March there, uh, we've got, I mean, we got a few Carolina games. We've got a few Tampa Bay Lightning games. So you really got to make your points count when you can against the teams you're trying to catch up with. So that's where we're at, folks. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you for watching. However you enjoy the show, we appreciate it. Like, rate, subscribe, all that stuff that helps us out. Thank you very much for watching and listening, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show, follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.